Loudon Wainwright III is a witty, engaging storyteller, whether acting or in his main gig as a singer-songwriter. Stephen Holden of the New York Times says Wainwright rings more human truth out of his contradictions than any other songwriter of his generation. Loudon enjoyed setting his songwriting aside to celebrate his favorites from the great American songbook on his new release, I'd Rather Lead a Band, an upbeat, swinging collaboration with Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks, whom he's collaborated with previously on the soundtracks of Boardwalk Empire, The Aviator, and other projects. This was my first pandemic interview, and as my good luck would have it, I discovered Loudon lives close to my home in Sag Harbor, New York, across the water on Shelter Island. We recorded in his front yard at an appropriate social distance. At one point, we were interrupted by his cats meowing away, but we carried on and finished up when a UPS man stepped into our conversation with a delivery. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. I told Loudon that his new upbeat CD is the perfect antidote to our present COVID situation. And with an appealing turn of phrase, he said, ah, a panacea for the plague. Here's Loudon Wainwright III and Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks on How I Love You from their new CD, I'd Rather Lead a Band. Through fields of golden flowers Where we spent sunny hours I'm strolling along thinking of you I told the four-leaf clover My lonesome days are over I talk about you all the day through I'm telling the birds, telling the bees Telling the flowers, telling the trees How I love you I'm telling the moon, telling the sun Telling the stars and telling each one how I love you I feel so happy and I show it I want the whole wide world to know it The shady old nook, the shadows that fall The little old brook, I'm telling them all how I love you You are my first interview during this present adventure that we're in. So how are you doing? We're here at your beautiful home. Can I say where we are? Sure. On Shelter Island. And winds up we're neighbors because I'm in Sag Harbor. Uh So this is very convenient. So how are you doing with all of this? I'm fine. I mean, again, relatively speaking. Yeah. uh, You know, uh, this has been a great place to... uh, We've been here since March 15th. Uh, There's an apartment in the city which we've been to one time. And didn't like it when we went. So this this has been great, you know. As you know, it's so beautiful out here, and the island is, you know, pretty sparse, uh, e- even uh, comparatively speaking now. So it's it's a great place to shelter. Mm. Do you miss travel and being on the road? And I'm asking because everybody has said this to me. And I think my answer has surprised some people. So tell me how you feel about that. Well, you know, I haven't really enjoyed or I haven't really liked traveling for about 25 years. I've been doing it for 50 years. Uh, so I, I miss performing. I, I miss standing up in front of a bunch of people and playing my songs. That I miss and, and the money, too. <laughs> but, uh, 
<laughs> going to LaGuardia or renting a car or, you know, schlepping to the Holiday Inn, I, I don't miss any of that. Yeah. I miss a lot of the things around it because, like you, I travel constantly. So I know you also have friends around the world that you see, people that you see as yeah. part of this. Mm-hmm. And that's something nobody's asked me about because I miss those people yeah. because our friends are spread out. Right, right. And I found that a lot of the people I know who travel are the people that are best at keeping up with their friends because we do travel. So we'll say, I'm going to be in London. Let's get together, that kind of thing. Yeah. So that's been hard for me to not see some of those people. But, yeah, the travel, is it a great adventure? (laughs) Right. Yeah, as someone said, they pay us for getting here. (laughs) Exactly. It's not the singing and playing, it's the traveling. Exactly. Well, I was delighted when I got your CD, your most recent CD, especially because it's with my old pal, Vince Giordano. So talk about this. You've collaborated before. We first worked together in... Uh, 2004 on um, a Martin Scorsese movie called The Aviator, the Harold, the, the Howard Hughes movie. And uh, I don't know if your listeners remember, but there are, uh, you know, several scenes in nightclubs with bands. And I was uh, one of the band singers. And as it turns out, I have, uh, I have three out of my four kids are singers, but my son Rufus and my daughter Martha were also in in uh, The Aviator, being singers from a different area, era. I think I was from the 30s, and Rufus was from the 20s, and Martha was from the 40s. I can't remember. Anyway, th- that's when I first started to work with Vince. Then and Boardwalk Empire, or is it Empire Boardwalk? I never remember. Boardwalk Empire. Okay. I'm here for you. Okay, thank you. <laughs> well, I-, I sang on a couple of things, and Vin- Vince was the main source band for that sh- that TV show. So I was a vocalist on some things. So we'd, we, we've worked together and known each other for 15 years or something. Randy Poster, who is a music supervisor and a producer and uh, was involved in uh, the, those things, uh, said one day, you guys should make a record together. And a, an old friend of mine that I have worked with on a couple of records, a great producer, um, uh, who also works a lot with Vince, a guy called Stuart Larman. Randy and uh, Stuart pulled together a record deal with this great new company called 30 Tigers. We got a budget. We cut the record uh, last September uh, in three days. Uh, he had a 12-piece band, so we did it in a big room at the Electric Lady Studios on on West 8th Street. And it's called I, I'd Rather Lead a Band which is the title track. It's a, it's a Irving Berlin song. You know that I have an ambitions for lofty positions that wind up with the wealth of the land. I'll give you the throne that a king sat on for just a small baton, providing you included a band. If I could be the wealthy owner of a large industry, I would say, not for me, I'd rather lead a band. If I could be a politician with a chance to dictate, I would say, let it wait, I'd rather lead a band. I'm rich as old 
increases, my every care ceases when I've got ten pieces in hand. If I could have a millionaires with a whole flock of banks, I would just whisper thanks. I'd rather lead a band, a saxophone, a slide trombone, a bass fiddle and a drum. A guy at the piano who makes it hum. A violin, yeah, clarinet, a hot trumpet and guitar. I need with the baton. There you are. You said something about growing up. Something that I read about growing up and. Your dad had these records, and they, your parents would get dressed up to go out, and you'd see them dance. And it reminded me of something that Anne Hampton Calloway said to me years ago. She said that watching her parents dance, hearing this music,、mm-hmm. it made her want to be an adult. Yeah, I loved that thought because you wanted to grow up to have that martini, <laughs> yeah, and to be dancing and. There's. It isn't hokey. I think it's a lot of people go, "Oh, that's old-fashioned" or something. But there was an elegance and a romance, I think, in、yeah. that time that was really beautiful. Right. Well, in the liner notes that I wrote for the project, I talk about how we、um, we consciously or perhaps unconsciously、um, loved the music that our parents courted to and. Made out to, and and you know we were conceived by, we were created by. You know you like to think of what were they listening that special night? Uh huh. But uh, so、uh, yeah, I grew up.、Uh, my dad had a great record collection. He he loved. He had a wide range of music that he liked, and、uh, so I heard a lot of these songs when I was a kid. Pretty baby, pretty baby, and I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad, and mother too. Pretty baby, pretty baby, won't you come or let me rock you in my cradle of love, and we'll cuddle all the time. Oh, I want the loving baby, and it might as well be you, pretty baby of mine. Everybody loves a baby, that's why I'm in love with you. And I'd like to be your sister, brother, dad. Now won't you come and let me rock you in my cradle of love, and we'll cuddle all the time. Oh, I want a loving baby, and it might as well be you. Baby of mine. 
singing Pretty Baby. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. My guest is Loudon Wainwright III. Loudon and I recorded this conversation outside at an appropriate social distance at his home on Shelter Island, New York. Loudon's new CD, I'd Rather Lead a Band, celebrates the songs of his parents' generation, songs he loves and grew up hearing. Lots of pop stars, as we know, have made these standard mm-hmm. recordings, some successfully and some, I think, less successfully. But you, this is really in your bones. You really feel this music and love it, and it shows. Well, you know, as a songwriter, I mean, mm. it's, never mind the, the music, the, the changes and the chords and the, the beauty of that, and then the, the beauty of the players that Vince assembled and uses those those great great musicians the writing the lyrics are, are i mean you know we're talking about rogers and hart and and frank lesser and irving berlin you know the poetry in the songs because i'm primarily a, a singer songwriter so uh, some lyrics the, the, the lyrics what really grabbed me a lot on these songs mm. that that informed a lot of our choices mm mm-hmm. It wasn't just just the the musicality of it. It was the writing. I love you talking about that as a writer, as a lyricist, because people are all younger people or people, I won't even say younger, the uninitiated who don't know the Great American Songbook. They'll say, why is it the Great American Songbook? And I'll always talk about the construction of these songs Mm -hmm. in the way the lyrics work and that they do speak to the bigger picture, to these deep feelings that we all feel. Yeah. And even the, the songs that are very upbeat and sort of tongue-in-cheek are still speaking to something that we've all felt, which you really capture. I love it. I love it. And I think one of the things that I, that I, I want to get this title right, because I'd heard it before, but I was delighted to see it here. Um, it's the one about Mary. I'm going to give it to Mary with love. Now, I have to say... Because people talk about songs today being sexy or dirty or anything. And or both. S- or both. Right. But some of the sexiest songs were written in those days. Think about Do It Again. Mm-hmm. I think that's one of the mm-hmm. sexiest songs that's ever been written. You know, well, the those lyrics in Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered are pretty... <laughs> Out there, those ants in my pants, if you'll excuse the expression. Exactly. People are really listening to these things. But this is hilarious. And as I was listening to it and your interpretation of it, I was thinking, can I play this on NPR? And then you sort of save it with a couple things I won't spoil because, you you know, you talk about at the end what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. 
in quotes. Yeah, yeah. And so I think I can get away with it. Talk about this yeah. track. <laughs> well, this the, the original version of this song, and it, it's interesting because it doesn't have uh, a publisher credit. We don't. We, oh, we looked around to, to see who wrote it. it. It was recorded in 1936 by the incredible Cliff Edwards, also known as Ukulele Ike, and most famously known as the voice of Jiminy Cricket. And that's the only time I've ever heard it, was his recording. Right, uh, When You Wish Upon a Star. But he was a, a jazzer uh, in the 30s. He, he was a great ukulele player. And he had a whole um, bunch of these kind of risque uh, songs, uh, including uh, I'm Gonna Give It to Mary With Love. There was another one he had called I'm a Bear in a Lady's Boudoir. You may talk about your colleges, fair Harvard and old Yale, and all the universities whose banners brave the gale, and all the football heroes, their glory and renown. I never went to college, but I know I've been to town. I may not be a football hero, but I'm a star with the beautiful girl. You never see me in the thick of a fight, cause I do my scoring mostly at night. I never tackle any dummies, I've played the best from near and far. No, I ain't, no, I'm not a football hero, but I'm a bear in a lady's boudoir. They play football on the gridiron Where the ground is rough and hard I do my playing on a divan The ladies all say I'm a triple threat man I never have to call for time out For I'm always up to par Oh, I ain't, no, I'm not a football hero But I'm a bear in a lady's boudoir I never fought for Alma Mater Because she never fought for me The boys win a letter for not playing rough I should get an alphabet for doing my stuff I'm pretty good at center rushing That's the place I really star Oh, I may not be, I'm not a football hero But I'm a dog in a lady's boudoir one time I swung into action. In my own work, I, I come up with novelty songs every once in a while. And so I, I can really appreciate a good novelty song. And uh, it's a great novelty song. Well, your whole jug band. Right. I was in, in boarding school back in the 60s. I was in a jug band and kind of, yeah, it has that kind of a feel to it. Bashful boy in love with Mary Green. She really is the sweetest gal that I have ever seen. I've always lacked the courage to even squeeze her tight, but I've resolved to do my stuff when I see her tonight. I'm gonna give it to Mary with love. 
I've got something that she's fondest of Now I know that she has had it before And Mary's a gal that all the fellas adore I'm gonna let her take it right in her hand Cause I know that she'll stroke it so grand Like Jack and Jill, we'll both get a thrill When I give it to Mary with love My little kitten, when I give it to Mary with love I'm gonna give it to Mary with love She's my sweet, cute turtle dove How about my loving, she's always been keen She says when I give it, it's the finest she's seen She'll think of it long after I'm gone I'm gonna put it right where it belongs Like Cleo and Mark, we'll spoon in the park When I give it to Mary with love I mean a necklace when I give it to Mary the jug band thing going during that time because it was really popular and 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 what we would call novelty tunes and that great feel and everything and what what sort of started that trend i don't know well the original music was in in the 20s and 30s with the memphis jug band stompers whatever Mm -hmm. you know black groups of guys right in the south but i'm thinking about what you're talking about in the the jug band were the most successful when i was in school in the 60s they were kind of very well known. Yeah. And they had wonderful people, including Maria Muldaur, uh, Jeff Muldaur, his, her husband, um, Queskin, of course, a great, uh, the guy that played the washtub bass in the jug was a guy called R- Fritz Richmond. And it, maybe most interestingly, interestingly was uh, Mel Lyman was in the band, who later became a, a kind of a guru and a cult figure in Boston, uh, there's a whole weird, strange story about Mel Lyman. But anyway, I I, I love the Jim Questkin Jug Band. They did those original songs, and I developed my uh, penchant for, for that kind of music. Way down south, way down in Borneo, there's a wild dance called the Borneo. Way down on Borneo Bay, ba 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 bum ba bum. Wild man stand with his clothes all torn, yo, toot, 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 on his bamboo horn, yo, and the bamboo bay, 
start to sway, start to swing. When you see them dance of Borneo, you'll just put your jewels in Borneo. Way down on Borneo Bay. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Our show is made possible in part with generous support from Steinway and Sons. Additional support is provided by Jazz Times Magazine, providing entertaining and provocative coverage of the jazz scene since 1970. On the web at jazztimes.com. For a schedule of upcoming programs, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can listen to Jazz Inspired on all the usual podcast platforms and email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Stride Queen. Although we broadcast on NPR stations, we are an independent production, not funded by NPR. We're funded primarily by your donations. So please visit jazzinspired.com to chip in. No gift is too small. 2020 marks our 20th year, and we need your support to make it all happen. And please tell your friends about Jazz Inspired and help us spread the word. I'm talking with Loudon Wainwright III. 
You mentioned Jeff Muldaur, yes. and I didn't know in a mist his version of this, and I love it. Please yeah. talk about this in this album. It was a yeah. surprise to me and a delight. One of the great things on this show is all the things that I get introduced to. Yeah, yeah. This is a great album um, that uh, was made in two thousand and three. I was living in L.A. then, and uh, I've known Jeff. You know, aside from being a huge fan of his when I was a kid. We got to be friends. We did shows together. And um, Jeff is a serious musician, you know, a great clarinet player and, uh, uh, and also a, a wonderful arranger. So he had this concept of taking the music of Bix Beiderbecke, recording some of the songs that Bix did uh, with different singers, and then arranging some of these piano pieces that, that Bix uh, wrote, uh, some of which were never recorded before. Mm -hmm. And so he got together this project. Uh, I sing on it. Uh, it's called uh, Private Astronomy. And uh, my daughter Martha sings on it. Uh, Jeff's daughter Jenny Muldaur sings on it. So it's just a real interesting record that Jeff made, and uh, it's one of my favorites. <laughs>
Along the lines of the elegance of the era when these things were written, something that always strikes me, especially now people can see it, well, because it's before our time, and you see these old films of these people, it's so unadorned and just there. It's like they don't have to wave their arms around. They don't have to do anything because there's so much substance just in the way they deliver the song, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. That's mm -hmm. something that really appeals to me. And somebody like Lee Wiley, who yeah. I know you're a fan of. So talk about Lee Wiley, because well, I'm a big I, fan you know, as well. I, I, was, I, love, I love singers, great singers. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I knew about Anita O'Day, and I knew about, of course, Ella Fitzgerald and Billie Holiday, and... Uh, you know Mildred Bailey, and but I I didn't really discover uh, or hear Lee Wiley until my girlfriend Susan actually uh, played me a, a Lee Wiley uh, CD, and I was just blown away by the simplicity, uh, the you know the the elegance of this. She was from Oklahoma, which you don't think of as an elegant place particularly, but her her delivery and her phrasing and the relaxation. Uh, it's just great, great singer. We'll have Manhattan, the Bronx and Staten Island too. It's lovely strolling through the zoo. It's very fancy. On older Lancy Street, you know The subway charms us so When balmy breezes blow To and fro And tell me what street Compares with Mott Street in July Sweet pushcarts gently gliding Big city's a wondrous toy Just made for a girl and boy We'll turn Manhattan Into an isle of joy Lee Wiley and Bobby Hackett on Manhattan I'm Judy Carmichael And this is Jazz Inspired Together, dear, in child, we'll go to Coney and eat baloney on a roll. In Central Park, we'll stroll where our first kiss we stole, soul to soul, and South Pacific. Is a terrific show, they say We both may see it close So 
cannot destroy the dream of a girl and boy. We'll turn Manhattan into a night of joy. My guest is Loudon Wainwright III. I feel with some of those singers, the really great ones like that, the work has already been done and it's internalized and they don't have to put out something else. It's sort of like when somebody knows what they're talking about, they don't have to raise their voice. (laughs) Right. Well, they don't, to use an acting term, they don't push. Mm. They... You know, they tell the story of the song. They, mm. don't, they don't scream it at you. Yeah, and I think it's, especially with some of these people, it's a lot sexier because of the confidence of it, to me. Yeah. It seems like I know what I'm talking about, and here it is. Well, her version of A Ship Without a Sail, which is a Rogers and Hart song that, that we recorded mm. for our album. I mean, I, there were some things that we heard that we liked, and I just decided I wasn't going to try to do it because the definitive versions had been done you know we thought about um i can't get started i mean that's just or some louis armstrong things it's just it's just too solid and Mm -hmm. you can't mess with it but anita uh uh, rather um lee wiley's version of a ship without a sail is so beautiful but i figured i could do do it differently Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. so we didn't feel threatened by trying that Mm -hmm. that's another example of great, great lyric writing. I don't know what day it is Or if it's dark or fair Somehow that's just the way it is And I don't really I go to this or that place I seem alive and well My head is just a hat place My breast an empty shell And I've a faded dream to sell Nobody care for me when there's no love to hold my love. Why is my heart so frail like a ship without a sail? Out on the ocean, sailors can use a chart. I'm on the ocean. Guided by just a lonely heart Still alone, still at sea Still there's no one to care for me When there's no love to hold my hand Life is a loveless tale For a ship without a sail 
What do you listen to during the day? Do you listen to music? Do you put I listen on music? to music when we start to cook dinner. That's when I I I, I don't uh, you know. I'm a musician, but I'm I'm the first guy. If I go, of course, people don't do this anymore. But when I go to a restaurant, the first thing I say is, "Can you turn down the music?" I I, I can't stand music in restaurants unless it's really good music. But I listen to old jazz. I listen. I don't listen to singer-songwriters. I'll tell you that much. I listen to kind of non-threatening great jazz. <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh, but I totally get it because we're working. Right. So you know whether it's. Um, I mean, we were listening, but we were listening to a Stevie Wonder record last night and uh, Thelonious Monk. I mean, I can just name drop cool people. But, we but sort of at the end of the day, I do yeah. the same thing. I have to tell you, I do the same thing when I can have it as a background right. kind of right. something that's, it's, it's my reward at the end of the day. Yeah. But I like it that you say you don't listen to singer-songwriters. <laughs> that, that would be my idea of hell. I know. To be on an island with a, with a record player and singers. I'd have to listen to John Prine and James Taylor records. I would, <laughs> I would, uh, Jimmy Buffett. I would blow my brains out. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. Yeah, I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. You rascal, you. When you're dead and in your grave, no more women will you crave. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. I trust you in my home, you rascal, you. I trust you in my home, you dirty dog. Oh, I trust you in my home, you wouldn't leave my wife alone. I'll be glad when you're dead, you rascal, you. My guest, Loudon Wainwright III, on vocal with Vince Giordano and the Nighthawks from their new CD, I'd Rather Lead a Band. I'm Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. Talk about a perfect day. Well, a perfect day was actually a, a, a hymn. It was written in 1907, so it's probably the oldest piece of material. By, a, by a, The lyrics were written by a woman called Carrie Jacobs Bond. And uh, it's a, a very, it's a, I, I heard it. I was watching the Turner, the Turner TV channel, mm -hmm. and there was a, uh, a Barbara Stanwyck, Fred McMurray movie. It wasn't Double Indemnity. Mm. It was kind of the opposite of that. It was mm -hmm. kind of a goofy Christmas comedy with them. But at one point, um, Barbara Stanwyck sits down at the piano and pretends to play the piano. And this wonderful character actor, in the movie starts singing this beautiful song and it just reduced me to tears. So I, mm. I tracked it down and uh, it, it, Paul Robeson recorded it. Oh. Uh, country singers have recorded it. Irish singers have recorded it. Um, oh, that's lovely. It's a really interesting song and again, there's a lot of poetry in it. Mm. When you come to the end of a perfect day And you sit alone with your thoughts While the chimes ring out with a carol gay For the joy that the day has brought 
Judy Carmichael, and this is Jazz Inspired. You just said something when we were off mic that you like the subject of death in terms of songwriting or discussion, or in what way do you mean that? Well, it's an interesting situation we're in here. We're going to die. And uh, I've always, you know, I was writing about getting old and dying when I, even when I was a young guy. Now, oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't How know. How young? Well, in my 20s, you know, really? when I started out writing. Yeah. Uh, but um, Why was that? I don't know. I suppose uh, morbidity on my part? Or? No, I'm, I'm curious because I know, I thought when I was very young, when I was 10 or something, and my parents would say they'd known somebody for 20 years, I remember thinking how wonderful it would be to know somebody 20 years. So I was thinking in terms of length of time, yeah. which was unusual for a 10-year-old because we are time frame is so different. Right. But I don't know that I was thinking about death. That's fascinating. So you were writing about it, so continue. This is a good time to talk about that because Uh, it's on everyone's mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Well, uh, you know, it's just uh, a a, a predicament and uh, a reality. And um, um, uh, The Angel of Death, which is is one of the songs that I, 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 I... suggested we talk mm. about uh, I'm, I'm friends with John Schofield who's a wonderful guitar player a, a jazz guitar player known primarily although he does he plays with the Grateful Dead too I mean you know but he made this wonderful record called Piety Street which is the name of a recording studio in, in New Orleans and uh, produced by a guy called Mark Bingham who I grew up with actually in Westchester but anyway uh there's a Hank Williams song called The Angel of Death. And they kind of deconstruct it and make it into this kind of gospel moving. I think it's just, I was just listening to it again before you came over. I was just, it's just so great and scary and spooky. And it kind of, when I think of it, it reminds me of those, there's a famous painting by Munch, you know, the, 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 the Danish, um, 
think he was Danish. Perhaps he was Norwegian. At any rate, the Scandinavian uh, impressionist painter. They're good on death, the Scandinavians. They are. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's this family kind of gathered around a deathbed. Mm. And that's what kind of what the, the, the actual lyrics are when the, when the lights all grow dim and the dark shadows creep and all your loved ones are gathered to weep. Mm. Will you face them and say with your dying breath, you're ready for the angel of death. So, hey, it's a happy-go-lucky thing. Perfect for a pandemic. process different going in to record this way, besides the fact that you're not playing guitar, so that's very different. But if you go in to make one of your CDs that you normally would versus doing something like this, in terms of how much you work out things in the studio, do you have everything arranged ahead of time? Is your process similar? No, it, it, it's, it's quite different. I mean, I've made a, a bunch of different records over the years, and different kinds of records. Uh, but I, you know, in the, on this record, I'm just a vocalist. I mean, when, when I'm making a record of my own songs, I bring all the, the emotional baggage of that. Right. You know, these are my songs, and so right. I have attitudes about them, some of which probably are a little screwed up. You know, I'm, I'm not objective because it's my own work. Mm. But on the other hand, I know what I want. Mm. But with this, it was just a question of pick great songs, go into a vocal booth, put on the cans, and sing with the band. Mm. It was such a kind of a relief to not have to be, you know, Loudon Wainwright the Third, weird, kooky songwriter. Mm. You know, uh, I just w was a singer. I, I kind of approached it like it was an acting job, actually. Mm. Well, because you're acting the story of these two. Yeah, well, you have to inhabit the songs. Yeah. It's like a role. Right. It, it so, is. Uh, and it's like the thing we just talked about, about not pushing. 
Mm. You have to, uh, you know, own it and inhabit it, and um, hopefully that happens. Mm. Just in a practical sense, moving forward with your career and touring and things, and I'm, you're the first person I've been able to ask this in this way because people, people seem pretty uninformed on this. People will actually ask me, they'll say, well, when are you doing a concert that I can see? And I'm like, what part of this are you not paying attention yeah. to? Because concert halls are the last thing that are going to open up. Yeah. And so how are you planning or what are you doing? Well, I've done a couple of virtual things, you know, where I've just gone down into my basement and, and streamed, you know, played a little thing with my guitar and people have watched it online. Mm. That, that isn't really a lot of fun without an audience there, but it's something. Mm. Um, as far as the record goes, the record is going to come out in October and we're talking about doing a virtual thing maybe uh, uh, take Vince's band and, and whittle it down to about four pieces mm. and maybe do some something safely distant and mm -hmm. again that would be streamed at the mm -hmm. Village Vanguard or something so that people could actually watch it on Zoom or whatever they watch it on but yeah everything is turned upside down and uh, it's going to be really tough for musicians because people it's going to you know are, are people going to go back to the opera I don't think so. Not for a while anyway. So, uh, or small clubs, you mm. know. But, you know, we're here now and doing the best we can. Are you practicing? I mean, are you still playing a lot, writing a lot? Yeah, well, my, my, my primary job is to, be, is to write songs. And are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I've written a couple of songs. Uh, and do you find this time good for that? Different? Well, if we're talking about the toilet roll blues, you know, that was inspirational. But uh, I, I actually really like that song. Oh, good, good. Uh, you know, I, I, I can't say that I'm super inspired by this nightmare that we're living through. I mean, you know, I've referenced it in the songs that I've been writing. And uh, I mean, do people want to hear songs about this madness? We'll see, I guess. Yeah, but it's interesting, and I'm curious because I've seen how different musicians have handled it. I'm like you in terms of the thought of doing a full concert from my living room is not a something that inspires me, frankly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's I th because we're always looking for things to inspire us, and yeah. we're a lot of that energy is just going into staying positive yeah. Yeah. and getting through it. Getting through it, that's what Getting it's about. Getting through it. Well, listen, this is, as I told you when I came, this is my first, my first pandemic interview. And the fact that we could do it in person, I'm just delighted. It's well, been fantastic in your beautiful spot here. And we have a UPS man oh, coming up. This. You're part of an NPR interview right now. Here say, you go. Say hello to America. Say hello. <laughs> say yay, UPS. There. Don't get too close, though. Just kidding. All right. Thanks a lot. Bye. Real life intrudes. <laughs> we do. This is real commando recording. I'm keeping it in. Yeah, you think great. I'm editing that out. I'm not. Good. All Good. right. Thank you so much for this. You're it's great to, to finally meet you now that we're neighbors. We're just across the water from each other. I enjoyed talking with you. Thank it was you. super. Thank you. 
You've been listening to my conversation with Loudon Wainwright III. I hope you'll join me here next time when I talk with another celebrated creative person about how jazz has inspired their life and work. I'm Judy Carmichael, the host and producer of Jazz Inspired. My production engineer is Curtis Heidoff. You can listen to Jazz Inspired on all the usual podcast platforms or at jazzinspired.com. Our opening music was Airmail Special, and the mid-break music is a smooth one from my CD, High on Fats and Other Stuff. The closing music is Old Fashioned Love from my CD Trio. I'm on piano with my Cashamon sax and Chris Flory on guitar. Judy Carmichael's Jazz Inspired is made possible with generous support from our listeners and from Steinway and Sons and from Sag Harbor Florist. Visit sagharborflorist.net. For a schedule of upcoming programs, to sign up for our email newsletter, or to find out how you can personally support Jazz Inspired, visit our website at jazzinspired.com. You can email us at info at jazzinspired.com or visit us on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram at Stride Queen. For more information, visit judycarmichael.com or jazzinspired.com.